So, hi and welcome to the very first episode of the Dollar Film Critics. I am Tim. And I am Amanda. My lovely co-host. Uh, this podcast is going to be about us reviewing movies that uh, we found didn't either didn't make it to theaters... Or kind of made it to theaters, but maybe not. Or nobody heard of them. So basically movies that we found on, and I'm only going to buzz market this once, Redbox. Or your local DVD kiosk. Yes, or whatever your local DVD rental kiosk is. Or maybe even Netflix at some point. I'm pretty sure Netflix has some interesting crap. Yeah, we could do that. And every once in a while we will review an actual movie just to keep our credibility up. We are actually amateur filmmakers, me by choice, and you not so much by choice. Me by association? Yeah, by part. association. <laughs> I made one movie in a short film, one feature-length movie in one short film. Yeah, that sounds about right. And oh. I did the, the feature-length movie with you. I was the camera everything yes. for you. You were the camera everything, <laughs> and I was the producer, director, writer. I have all the credits, and then you have all the other credits. Yeah. You have Whatever all the, you don't have, I have. <laughs> you have all the credits that mean things, that you actually did stuff. And I have the credits that people take when they want to create, take credit for something that they may or may not have done. Exactly. <laughs> Sounds about right. If you ever want to look up this movie, and I will only mention this once as well, uh, it's, it's a documentary called uh, Renaissance Fair, One Year of Building the Past. It's because you won't be able to see that title again. Really. Yes. Um, and the short film, you can find it on YouTube for free. It's called, uh, oh, what is it called? Something B, Plan B. Yeah, it's called 336B or something like there that. Uh, it's a short film. It's about a dystopian future where people aren't allowed to have water. So uh, we did it for like a, the 48-hour film festival, which is an experience. If you've never done it, don't do it. Do it if you've got nothing else to do for a whole weekend of your life. Yeah, if you've got a whole bunch of friends like I do that are major filmmaker buffs and invite you to do it, then I guess do it if you don't have anything to do that weekend. But if you don't want to sleep for 48 hours, I guess it's good for you. I was a mess 24 hours in. Do you have any more credentials you want to list? Uh, no, a couple film classes here and there, but all amateur stuff. All right. I've never taken a film class, at least yet. Uh, so when, let's uh, let's dive into our first movie. All right, our first movie was Stalker, which came out in 2010. It came out in the UK and North Korea, the only two countries that they have release dates for on IMDb.com. So this is a British movie. Yes, a British movie, a very very British movie, uh, directed and written all by the same person. Yes, Martin Kemp. Is the director slash writer. Yeah. There were some co-writers, too, but he was listed as main writer. And uh, the uh, production company that I have listed here is Black and Blue Films. Yes. Maybe they're popular in the UK, but I doubt it. I don't I don't think the UK even knows who they are. <laughs> Probably not. It, it, would, it would be like me saying, oh, yeah, Superior Productions. That's totally a film company that Absolutely. everyone knows about. Everyone knows about that. That's the biggest name in Hollywood. I know. Before we dive into the actual movie itself, we get a few things. And the movie had a 90-minute runtime. It's an hour and a half of your life gone. Yep. Um, and the DVD that we rented had no special features or subtitles at all. It had play and then... I think you could actually put on subtitles if you wanted to. 
But that was it. Yeah. No extra features, no deleted scenes. You couldn't even review the trailer if you wanted to. I don't I don't know it. if there was a trailer. <laughs> I don't think it had a trailer or if the deleted scenes you would actually want to see them. <laughs> that's that's true. <laughs> Very true. We're kind of getting ahead of ourselves though. A little bit. <laughs> uh so what what is this movie about? Uh this movie was slightly about a uh, writer who had severe writer's block and therefore went to the country to better her writing and seclude herself. And uh, I, I think that they they categorize it as a assistant who decided to stalk her. Hence the movie title, Stalker. Yeah, that's, I think that's where they were going with that one. Um, okay, so we have a writer who's got writer's block and she's sent to the English countryside by uh, her producer. Uh, publisher. Publisher. Her publisher. publisher. Uh, who is another kind of central character. Yeah, her name in the movie is Sarah Phillips. That's the name of the publisher. The writer is Paula Martin. Um, and the uh, assistant slash stalker person's name was Linda. No last name? No last name. Okay. Just Linda. All right. So, uh, yeah, writer's block. Uh, she goes to the countryside. So uh, what happens when she goes? Does she go to, like, a regular house or is it, like, a creepy house? Um, it's a very large house in the countryside that I guess was owned by her uncle of some sort. She was very familiar with it. She went to as a child. She seemed to have some indication that it was possessed very early on in the movie, although I don't know where she was getting that theory from, because I didn't see any inkling of a, you know, ghost of any sort. The power yeah. went out once, and all of a sudden she's like, have you ever heard of the house being haunted? <laughs> so, I don't know. I don't know where they're going with that one. <laughs> Um, some other characters that are worth noting are the housekeeper uh, yes. and the gardener. And there was that journalist. The journalist. His uh, name was Robert Gaynor. Robert Gaynor, yes, the journalist. And, and the uh, Leo was, I believe, a therapist. The the black dude? The black dude. Okay. Uh, and a child. Who, who is not named who is and not is named. in really like two or three scenes. Times. Yeah, that's... that's it's it a doesn't very, speak. It's a very small cast. Yes. It, it has, what, like eight, nine people tops? In the movie, yeah, definitely. Just yeah. eight or nine. Uh, so whoever this guy's friends were were in the movie, pretty much. I, <laughs> I will say this, uh, for all the things that we're about to say about the movie, I didn't have any real problems with the acting. No, the acting was fairly good for a, you know, unknown movie. So do we have any uh, film bios on a few people? Um, we do. The assistant, whose name was Linda, she was played by Jane March. And she's actually been in quite a few movies since that movie. Um, before that movie, she was in Clash of the Titans, a big name film for the most part. All right. Jack the Giant Killer she was in. That just came out this year. I don't know what her role was because I didn't see these movies, but, you know, she was in some things that were popular. Okay. Um, the writer, uh, the actress's name is Anna Brecon. Brecon. Okay. Um, let's see. She was in... She was in a lot of TV series. Okay. But it looks like mostly... Probably British things, because I ain't never heard of any of them. Yeah, I never heard of any of them either. <laughs> so, I mean, besides that, that's, that's I think, about it. Okay. Because, um, I mean, nobody else is really of... Of value. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Those are the two main characters. So, uh, let's, let's move on to uh, what we thought of the movie. All right, well... Let's just say, going going into it, I mean, I'm, I like horror movies, so I tried to keep an open mind a little bit, thinking there's a lot of unknown horror movies that turn out to be pretty good. 
But I, I don't know. It just went all downhill from there. It's what I get for letting you pick the first one. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like, I don't know. It was, just, it was just a lot of things piled on that kind of didn't work. There was... I don't know whoever was doing the editing in this, but they're, like, cutting into weird scenes in between. The, I mean, the transition <laughs> shots were just god-awful. You know that. He used, like, fade-to-whites that were way too long. Yeah. And, like, just crossfades that you didn't know why he made them so long for. It was pretty bad. It was, like, things that even somebody who never made a film would notice and be like, I don't, what, what's that? <laughs> Whoever the editor was was just, like, really just slapping the thing together. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's a that's a crossfade right there, but I'll make it three seconds long so the audience knows it's a crossfade. <laughs> and the other thing I think I had a really bad time with, with the people who are post-shoot and everything like that, was the sound quality was just god-awful. Oh, my God. The sound editing was like if you made a movie in a box. Yeah. And that's how it would turn out. If you made your movie in, like, a brick box and you didn't have anything to fix the sound with, that's how your movie came out. Well, and they put the score so loud compared to the dialogue that there were, like, quite a few moments where all you heard was the background music and it was no longer in the background and you had no idea what the people were saying anymore. And our volume was up pretty high when we tried to watch this, so... Yeah, we made sure that we could hear everything. And there was a point where the two... There were the writer and her assistant were walking down the hallway... And the score behind them was so loud that you couldn't hear their conversation that they were having because it was in a hallway. They were trying to have a hushed conversation. And it was, it, it was very you just couldn't done. hear it. Poorly done. Uh, my, my biggest problem was that the writing was paced like it was a three-hour movie. That is true. I think I... Where did I write that something finally actually happened? Um, 43 minutes in, something finally <laughs> sparked some interest a little bit, and that was when the assistant lost her shit. So the first 43 minutes of this movie are all set up. And all critiquing, on my part at least, of the actual film <laughs> structure of it. Alright, so 43 minutes of the movie, and absolutely nothing has happened. No, not at all. Nothing of any real consequence or value. The characters are just milling about their lives, essentially. And I don't know about you, but I felt like the whoever was setting up the camera shots, whoever the artistic director was in this movie, who I don't think we wrote down, um, or if it was titled at all, but whoever that was, felt like they just took, like, filmmaking 101, and they're like, well, <laughs> I'm trying to portray this, so we're going to make it a little bit darker, and we're going to put a, a screen over this angle, and then I'm going to put a mirror here, because this symbolizes this, and it was just so blatantly obvious. <laughs> Those things are supposed to be more subtle. The cinematography of the movie was not so subtle. Yeah, no. Um, the camera angles were most of the time awkward. I felt the lighting was terrible. Uh, there were some points where the characters were just lit horribly. It looked like they were using real light, and like the light coming through on the windows was just lighting them terribly. Also, just so everybody knows, I wrote down, let's see, about... A little while before the half hour mark, so we're probably 20 minutes in, and I already knew who the killer was, guys. It's it's not exactly a hidden film. Yeah, the writing wasn't very uh, dramatic. No, it wasn't suspenseful. It tells you it's a thriller. It's, it's not really thrilling. You know what's going to happen. I, I think you and I called every single plot twist that they were going to throw at us. Oh, yeah. And, and we started calling them before they started happening. Yeah. Because we're like, oh, this is what's going to happen next, or that's what's going to happen next, and then it fucking happened. And later on, we'll tell you about a comparison that we made during the movie, and it totally panned <laughs> out to be correct. So, look forward to that. <laughs> so, here, here's a good question. Uh, what was your favorite part of the movie, and what was the part that you hated the most about the movie? 
The part I liked the most, uh, God only knows. I mean, honestly, I, I have no idea. I mean, the acting was good, so I guess I'll say, yeah, that's what I'll say. My the favorite acting. part was that the acting was, was believable, at least for the most part. It was, there was a little overacting here and there, but for the most part, it was decent acting. I didn't hate myself for watching it. Um, the least favorite part was just the first 43 minutes of the movie. <laughs> the, first, <laughs> the first 43 minutes. So the part that you hated the most was more than the first half of the movie. Yes. Yes, that was the part I hated the most. <laughs> um, I'm going to have to say the part that I liked the most was maybe the creepy kid. All right. Just showing up randomly. All right. Because there was, like, no explanation for why he was there. There until, really wasn't. Until, like, the last five minutes of the movie, you had no idea this creepy kid kept popping even, up. But they didn't even explain it in the last five <laughs> minutes of the movie. They just kind of threw it in there and didn't really link the two. They just kind of wanted you to link them, which is fine. I'm okay with that. But it was a completely pointless part of the movie because it never panned out to be anything important at all. Yeah, it's like the writer of Martin Kemp decided that my movie is not creepy enough, so I'll just add a creepy kid because kids are creepy. Actually, he used... They are when they stare at people like they did. He he actually used, like, the literal versions of the tropes, uh, creepy child and creepy basement. Because the basement was pretty fucking creepy the, the first time. The basement was creepy. I honestly, in all honesty, I thought that the first time when the writer goes down to the basement, I was about to call it, and I was like, this is where shit's going to happen. They're going to get right into it, and I was kind of pumped about it. And it, it turned out to be nothing. Yeah, she, and then she stabbed her own hand onto a nail, so that was awesome. <laughs> and, like, didn't even bother with it later. She was like, oh, I stabbed my hand on a nail. I guess I don't need a tetanus shot ever. No, it's just, I'll just put some paper towels on it. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and then when the assistant comes, she's like, what happened to your hand? She's like, uh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> just do it. Do something with it. I don't know. So as, as the movie progresses, we find out that the assistant is a slightly crazy person. Oh, yeah. That's uh, what happens at 43 minutes. It makes it a little yeah. bit interesting. <laughs> she starts taking the role of the writer away from um, Paula, we'll call her, because that's her name. And she's uh, really possessive about it, too. Like, she starts off with, like, oh, I'll help you. You're stressed out. Let's make it easier for you. And then she decides that, you know, she she's making all of the calls now. And Paula, because she has a history of mental instability, uh, just becomes completely introverted and essentially is a prisoner in her own room mm -hmm. by, like, 50 minutes into the movie when shit starts happening. When, what's his name? Robert? Who? Robert, the, the journalist. The journalist. Gainer, yeah. yeah. When he shows up at the door and the assistant decides to... Uh, make the writer go open the door for him and she never comes. So then the assistant goes to the door and says that she's the writer. Yeah, and totally pretends to be the writer the whole time. Yeah. Meanwhile, the writer doesn't want to talk to these journalists at all and so, like, that's the whole point that Robert Gaynor's in there, really, is he's trying to track her down for the first part of the movie because he wants to get an interview and this writer doesn't like to be interviewed. And the, the assistant is just like, yeah, I'm totally the writer, and I'll totally answer all your questions. Yeah, and then he starts asking her questions, and she murders him. Spoiler alert. <laughs> uh, no, that's not the spoiler. That's not the spoiler. That's true. We already know that she's the killer. We knew yeah. that like 20 minutes in. So minor spoiler. I'll throw a little alarm. It'll be a quick alarm. Uh, so yeah, minor spoiler. She is the killer. Um, she actually 
decides to chew up the rest of the cast at one point or another in the one movie. One by one. We did not make mention of the cat that she murdered very early on. Yeah, and that's, I mean, I knew that she was going to be the killer about, I don't know, five or ten minutes before she did that, but she did just, like, murder the crap out of a cat. Like, she stomped it into a toilet, and I don't really know what happened, but she left it there, and I don't I don't know if she flushed it down the toilet or something, but a cat doesn't really fit down the toilet. So. And, and there wasn't, you didn't see her actually murdering the cat. It's not that gruesome. The no. cat is murdered sort of off screen. But you do see her making motions like she's murdering a cat. Yeah, they kind of the way that they do the angle almost is like you're the cat. Yeah, and she's like smashing down yeah. on you for the most part. Um, she took some aggression out on that cat because yeah. the writer yelled at her when she discovered that the assistant was doing the writing. Yeah, the assistant co- totally like edited half of her book or whatever, and so the author hit the fan, which. Makes sense, because, I mean, you don't want somebody else writing your book. Otherwise, the fuck should you be there for? <laughs> so, yeah, she starts chewing her way through the cast. She kills uh, She kills the journalist. She kills the gardener. She kills the... I don't think she ever killed the gardener. No? She killed the maid, and she was going to kill the gardener. But remember, the gardener left. Oh, and that's right. I don't think he ever actually died. He just never came back. He might have died off screen. He though. may have died off screen. We just don't know. <laughs> I'm going to assume that he died off screen. Because that lady was crazy. So then Paula finds out that Linda has been murdering all these people because she goes into the basement and she finds the dead the dead uh, maid. maid. She finds the dead maid rotting in the basement. And uh, that's when shit starts getting real. Well, yeah, then she starts fearing for her life and she like literally <laughs> locks herself into her bedroom. And she calls up Sarah at that point, the, the publisher. No, she calls Leo. Oh, yeah, she, she calls... Leo. She calls, uh, he's a psychiatrist? Psychiatrist or a therapist, one or the other, but he's a longtime friend of hers, basically, and he'll explain that later on in the movie. Um, <laughs> yes, originally you don't know who the fuck he is. Yeah, he's just random black guy <laughs> who talks to Paula. That's I, really it. The writers don't feel like introducing characters to you. They're just like, oh, here's a dude. That's who he is. And then an hour later, you're like, oh, that's who he really is. Well, they started that at the beginning because we didn't mention this before, but they... Throw in cut-in scenes of two random naked people doing it under a, street, a sheet, and it's, like, not explained. Also, once again, just because the writer wanted to do it, I'm pretty sure I'm it was pretty just sure thrown too. in. I, it's, it's pretty gruesome, that part is, because, like, <laughs> the second cut-in scene that they do with these naked bodies, the guy just starts puking up blood, and, it's, and then they're naked, bloody bodies. It's really gross. Yeah. And completely pointless and has nothing to do with the movie at all. So, uh, I don't think we can go any farther without actually doing the spoiler alert. I don't think so either. So, here's the spoiler of the movie. Uh, do you want to say it or should I? I'm doing it. Alright, you do it. That the whole movie is, is Linda and Paula are the same exact fucking person. Paula's fucking crazy and Linda's her split personality. Yes, so it turns out that Paula has split personality disorder and she is Linda and she murdered all those people. And when Leo tells Sarah, the publisher, about that, they're like, oh, shit, we have to get over there right now. And uh, does she murder Leo? Uh, yeah, Linda murders Leo hard. I, I didn't, I didn't really, I shut most of the movie out at that point. Oh, yeah, no, <laughs> Linda, Linda murdered Leo hard because it was Paula sobbing on the floor and Leo went to console her thinking that he was talking to Paula and then Paula decided to become Linda all of a sudden and stabbed him in the back, literally. So, yeah, we find out that uh, Paula is axe crazy and is Linda. 
And then uh, she chases the publisher, Sarah, into the woods after murdering Leo. Mm-hmm. And then Sarah ends up killing her. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. she stabs her. She stabs her into a tree or something. I don't... I don't know I don't how... Really I don't really know how down. she died. She was on her back. Like, she was kind of choke-holding was it the like publisher. A, was it like a tree branch that was protruding? I guess. I don't know. I just know that she backed her up into something, and then she was spitting up blood, and she was dead. Anyway, uh, if you do attempt to watch this movie, that is the very first scene up until right before she dies. Dies and is attacked. You see them running through the woods. They, they do a what'd you call it? Pulling the Tarantino. Yeah, they Tarantinoed it where they showed the last scene of the film first. Yes. And then work their way back to that. It was a pretty bad movie. Um, would Would you recommend that people pay dollar twenty for this? I would recommend that if people are going to pay dollar twenty for a movie and they want to see this sort of a plot line, just go get Secret Window with Johnny Depp. It's a lot better of a movie, (laughs) Um, and it's far more interesting, and it's the same fucking plot. Uh, Spoiler for Secret Window if you haven't seen that yet. My bad. But that's that's how Secret Window works. When you say Secret Window, I'll have to to, like spoiler alert. (laughs) Secret Window is this movie. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, so yeah, I I wouldn't recommend that people even attempt to watch this movie no. because for the most most of it you'll just be listening to two British people talk, which is really boring. <laughs> <laughs> it's really god awful boring, especially because they're really creepy and you think that they're gonna have like gay sex any moment and they don't. And yeah, really I told you there was a scene where they were both in bed and I was like, they're totally gonna do it. <laughs> oh, the budget for this movie was three thousand dollars. That's three million. Sweetheart. Oh, three million dollars. There's another few zeros in there. That's $3.1 million they spent on this crappy movie. What did they make on it? I don't know. Because that would be... Oh, they don't say? They don't say. Well, I assume they didn't make back that $3 million. I can't imagine that they did. (laughs) If they did, then I'm going to have to say that people in... No offense to anybody who's British, but people in the UK don't know... Horror films? Yeah, don't know horror films. All right. So that, that was our first movie. Um... We'll be doing more later as the weeks progress. Yep. Uh, hopefully, maybe better movies. Um, but I Dear think... Dear God, I hope so. Probably not a horror movie for a while, because... <laughs> that was pretty bad. Yeah, it was. Maybe maybe next time we'll do an action movie. That can't be terrible, right? Unless they all do CGI and their CGI has got awful. <laughs> so, uh, let's, let's talk about other things that aren't related to this horrible monstrosity of a movie. All right. Um, the timing of this episode, uh, is actually pretty weird. This is, we filmed it, we uh, recorded this on a Monday. Uh, the Monday after Brian died on Family Guy. Yes. For or the Monday before Thanksgiving for everybody else. Yes. Who doesn't watch Family Guy when it airs. Who doesn't watch Family Guy when, when it oh, airs? Oh, when it airs. Nobody okay. watches Family okay. Guy when it airs. You watch the reruns later. All right, so... So, yeah, Brian died last night on Family Guy. Spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it yet. (laughs) (laughs) Otherwise, it's the Monday before Thanksgiving for everybody else. I'm going to have to do another sound effect. (laughs) And I broke Tim. (laughs) Uh, For no really explainable reason, Brian died. Well, you know, it was because they wanted to kill somebody. Yeah, but... They just, they did it out of the blue. There was no, like, lead up to it. It was just like, even the description for the Come episode on. was misleading. Come on. You knew that was going to happen when Stewie leaves him in the middle of a road. <laughs> I, I knew that was going to be, I was like, oh, Brian's going to get hit by a car. I knew that something irreversible was going to happen when Stewie wanted to destroy the time machine. Yeah. 
She was like, ah, we don't need the time machine anymore. It just fucks up history. But I see, knew he that- built a time machine once, so he's going to build it again, and they'll bring him back. But they said he couldn't find the parts to build it again. Like, he couldn't get the specific yeah, part he needed. Not right now. He'll find a new way. It's fucking Stewie. He does everything. That's true. Um, but the internet is angry at that. Oh, my God. The entire internet is angry. I'm yeah. pretty sure if I were to go on 4chan, it would have exploded already. Well, there's a poll happening on, like, all the news channels. Like, what did you think when Brian died? It's so sad. Like, <laughs> it's a cartoon dog, guys. Calm down. It's a cartoon dog. I think that's actually kind of funny that... That a cartoon dog dying made national news. It did. Made national news. People are freaking out about a cartoon dog. I think it's Seth MacFarlane's master plan. I think so, too. <laughs> Next, he's going to do something to uh, to American Dad. He already did something to American what Dad. What did he do to American Dad? He sent, he sent uh, uh, oh, Jeff, Jeff to space. To space yeah, and he I hasn't know. come but back But nobody yet. cares about Jeff. That's true. They're going to do something serious to American Dad. Like, they're going to kill off Roger or make Roger go back to space or no, something ridiculous. Roger is that whole show. Yeah, well, so was Brian and Stewie combo. <laughs> yeah, so. that's true. That's true. Right. But I don't think they'd do anything to Roger. He doesn't have, like, the same properties as a human character does. He is more... I guess immortal than other characters yeah, because he's like the Zoidberg of <laughs> American Dad. He's got body parts that he can just make up. Well, I mean, there was an episode he's completely torn apart into like a million different pieces, and they just and he's still alive and talking, and they just put him back together. Yeah, and then they did a Benny Hill thing with the yakety sacks yeah. in the background. Yeah, so. they put things in the wrong spot. So you know, whatever. Is there anything you want to talk about? Uh, Hunger Games is awesome. Go see it. I would recommend catching it. Catching fire, I should say. It's yeah. Catching fire. I we we saw it recently. I would recommend it. I'm not going to spoil any bits of that. No, um, but if you read the book and you're going to see the movie, you're not disappointed. So obviously, a few things they left out for length reasons, but for the most part, it, they did a pretty good job, in my opinion, from book to movie. Granted, yeah. I haven't read it in a couple of years, but. I think they did a good job. Yeah, it seems like they streamlined the book into the movie pretty good. They did they did leave out a few like character development points. Yeah. But I guess you don't really need it when it's a movie. From well from the person who read the book, I appreciate that a little bit because sometimes I don't want all that ridiculous background stuff cuz I know it all. I mean, if if you didn't read the books, I know in the first one I was a little I would have been a little bit lost had I not read the books cuz they kind of jumped right into things and didn't explain the full extent. But in this case, I don't think you even have that problem as a non-book reader. As long as you watch the first movie, I'm pretty sure you're good. Yeah, if you haven't watched the first movie, you should watch the first movie before seeing the second one. Oh, definitely. You can't see the second one without... That's really my only major critique. Yeah. Is that it It does not say, hey, this happened in the last movie. It just goes straight into, hey, it's this movie two. It's not like one of the Marvel movies where you're like, oh, yeah, I remember when that happened. No. it's no. We're going straight into movie two, and there's nothing you can do to stop us. Which I also appreciate, because if they keep that going for movie three, you could feasibly watch all three movies back to back to back and not be bored at any point of them because they're not reiterating anything that you saw previously. Yeah, it's not like the Lord of the Rings movies where <laughs> if you watch them back to back to back, you'll be dead. Yeah. Or impaired in some fashion. <laughs> or in a coma. It's like... It's like nine hours, probably. Over nine hours, because the extended cuts are like three and a half to four hours. Oh, my God. It's, so... It's, it's shoot yourself before you do that, because yeah. it's saving some of your time. And The Hobbit's coming out soon. That's the next movie that's coming out, is the new Hobbit movie. The next movie you're going to see, probably. The Desolation of Smaug. Sure. 
That's the name of the movie. Sure, man. Look, just because you don't like Lord of the Rings. Whatever. Thanks for listening to our first show. Like us on Facebook. Yeah, like us on Facebook. We don't have a name on Facebook yet. We don't have one of the fancy names yeah. because we have to get 25 likes first. So go like our page on Facebook. Just search in the Facebooky bar. Dollar Film Critics. And we'll be there, most likely. We'll be one of the top three, I, I, I can't assume. imagine there's more than a few of us, so. <laughs> Dollar Film Critics on Facebook. Find us. Uh, and also find us on Twitter at uh, Superior underscore Films. Because that's the name that we made that ridiculous documentary under. Woo! Yay! Um, and you will most likely find us on iTunes, but not immediately. But if you're interested in any other podcasts, oh, yeah. Tim does another podcast. If you're interested in other podcasts, I do another podcast called Speaking from the Center Radio. It's a political podcast and a live show. I do it live on, on Blog Talk Radio. So go to Blog Talk Radio and search Speaking from the Center Radio, and you can listen to me my fellow director in documentaries, Keith, and my crazy friend, Nolan. Sometimes. Talk sometimes. <laughs> talk about politics, and it's crazy and kooky, and we sometimes we get serious, but most likely not. So if you like politics, you can listen to that one, too, and you can like them on Facebook and all that jazz. Yeah. If you like them on Facebook, you'll be easily, it'll be easier to find us on Facebook at Dollar Film Critics. Yes, because I'll have already liked that Facebook page with the other Facebook yes. page. <laughs> Go to Facebook.com slash Speaking From The Center Radio, because we got a fancy one for that. Um, so <laughs> Only if you like politics, guys. We're not forcing you to go listen to Yeah, that show. no, you don't have to if you don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that is it, then. I, I think that is it. Uh, thanks for listening to our first show, and uh, we'll hopefully be doing two of these a week. And then you'll find out more about awful, terrible movies that don't make it to theater for the most part. <laughs>